The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... The pile of reanimated parts that you put behind the shelf in your secret room that is known as Eric Velasquez. My parts are... are... (laughs) I'm having a bad day, Anthony. (laughs) I'm having a bad day. My pronouns are also he, him. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) I'm I'm usually on, but not, not not today I'm not... (laughs) <laughs> all right well <laughs> i'm leaving all this in. <laughs> yep that's fine that's hey hey cut it up for bloopers <laughs> uh yeah you gotta pay extra for this <laughs> so yeah so this week we are doing bride of reanimator um the the sequel to reanimator of course and this i think is kind of a strange deal in that Stuart gordon did not continue with this but brian usna who produced the original kind of carried on the torch with this uh and And obviously bruce abbott as dan jeffrey combs herbert west once again but we're joined by a uh, a certain effects artist that somebody may know out there by the name of screaming mad george (laughs) oh man he is this wonderful motherfucker he is yeah (sighs) like have you have you ever seen like interviews and stuff with him yeah, he's great. He yeah, he's a wild dude, and like all of, right. I mean, every movie. If you see his name on a movie, you are gonna be in for a crazy ride. <laughs> yep, you're gonna see some stuff that you've never seen before. I can tell you that. Uh, what's uh, freaked? Did you ever see freaked? Yeah. Oh, that's and a wild one. Society. Yep. Oh gosh, Ugh, the shunting. Yeah, society. I think yeah. is also Brian Usna. So like they, they mm-hmm. but yeah, it is really funny in this one when you get the credits. Um, it's like special effects by, and you get Screaming Mad George, you get K and B, like it's it's yeah. like six or seven different credits. Like they had, yeah. there's so much weird effect work in this that they just had to like call in every effects house they could find to get it all right. done. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Now, of course, with Screaming Mad George, he he also did my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, that would be Dream Warriors. Oh, okay. So, and actually, I think we're gonna talk about at least one more movie he's done, but. We're gonna leave that one uh, for future references, or for a f- for the future. We won't we won't spoil it for ourselves. All right. Yeah. But yeah, so we we start out and it's uh <laughs> we immediately just have Doctor Hill's floating head <laughs> just right. like a black just yelling at us. <laughs> Hill or West, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you'll not escape me. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so it's just... Why is his head floating, you wonder? I wonder. It's weird. <laughs> and then it cuts to like eight months after the events of Reanimator. Um, We're in Peru now. 
Yeah, and there's not really... This movie kind of does, you know, the universal deal where it kind of plays a little fast and loose with continuity. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I mean, in the last movie we had, you know, West appeared to die. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, now we've got Dr. West and, uh, you know, Dan Kane. They are back together and they are like basically like in the show MASH. (laughs) Like they're just like medical uh, or like. Yeah, like military doctors. South American mask, uh, mash, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> and they're kind of sort of continuing the work sort of secretly while they're like also just helping, you know, with injured soldiers. Right. Uh, and yeah, no explanation for why <laughs> West is still alive or, you know, what happened with Megan. Yeah, now, of course, they say there's, it's about, they say 10,000 miles now I wonder how, like how they're traveling that way from uh, from Arkham <laughs> to Peru, because like I think at the midpoint we're looking at three thousand five hundred seventy. Now that's you know that's by by air travel. <laughs> so where's this ten thousand miles? That would put them in the ocean, right? The ocean of Peru, <laughs> or just South America in general? Yeah, and like you know, obviously Arkham's not a real place, but you know, yeah. Massachusetts is. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Arkham's real in my heart. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so we've got all kinds of you know, there's a civil war happening effectively in Peru. I don't, I don't know other than the 1800s when this would have occurred, around the 80s. Yeah. I don't, it, it may have been a thing. I just don't know about it. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it's very unclear what's exactly right. uh, going on timeline-wise here or location-wise, I guess. But right. uh, I feel like it's, you know, the just the generic, the audience is mostly American. They won't know or care, yeah. roughly. <laughs> but yeah, so they're operating on a uh, what's presumed to be a freedom fighter, a soldier. Uh, and it turns out that they don't have everything, like, tied up and they don't cut exactly where they need to. So... He bleeds out right there on the table. Yeah. And immediately. And West immediately just yeah, injects him with reagent. He's like, well, there's no better time than now. So let's go for it. In the middle of a war zone while we're being shot at, let's revive this man. And then before he even wakes up, this like woman soldier rushes into the tent and is like, the opposition has like broken through the lines. Yeah, our lines are failing. Yeah, we need to retreat now. Like we need to go. Right. And by the way, we will know her as Francesca. Mm-hmm. Now, there's going to be something interesting coming up with Francesca. <laughs> I, I need to double check on this, but I feel like they got her nationalities kind of bungled up a little bit. <laughs> Either that or they don't know where Peru is and they think it's somewhere in the Mediterranean of Europe. Yeah, because they definitely mentioned she's Italian. So I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if she, you know, I mean, obviously, I guess, you know, West and Kane are American. So I don't know if she just. Right believes in this cause in Peru and flew over from Italy or yeah, like you said, <laughs> this is a different Peru that is right. you know, somewhere between Peru, Rome and Sicily. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, cause, or they, they just gave up on the Peruvian aspect like <laughs> 10 minutes after they came up with it. Who yeah. knows? Anyway. So uh, the idea now is that the consciousness, uh, everything that happened at the end of the first movie has proven consciousness doesn't just reside in the brain. No, it's all over the body. Yeah, as, as the body, uh, as the body of of Hill <laughs> right. shows, 
But, you know, the uh, this dead soldier wakes up and as always happens, he instantly attacks West. By the way, while Dan and Dan and Francesca are t- kind of having a little bit of a conversation, not really much. It's more just shouting at each other because once again, Warzone. <laughs> I love the bit that West just pulls out a pistol. <laughs> He's like, I kind of knew this was going to happen. <laughs> So I'm already ready. And of course, he shoots the dead soldier once he starts attacking him. But it's like, you knew what was going to happen. Like, this is the definition of insanity is you're doing this same thing multiple times. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's clearly persistent. Like, he just keeps reanimating these corpses, getting attacked by them and then killing them. But he's not giving up. I I, I think maybe they're. No, actually, as far as West is concerned, the only time he hasn't been immediately attacked is when he was talking to Hill's severed head. And then he was only attacked a couple couple <laughs> seconds later. Yeah. Uh, but he does say that he has a new key to the reagent that is going to solve all their problems. Yeah. And that is this Peruvian iguana. This one... <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's yeah. Maybe that's the real reason there that they were there. It's just the iguana. <laughs> but of uh, course, as they're doing this, a another uh, enemy soldier who's dressed basically in the same fatigues as the first soldier runs in, waving his gun, firing off, and just like bayonets Dan. Yeah, and so West, you know, he's got his pistol out at the ready, so he starts shooting enemy soldiers, and is like, okay, I guess we do have. To, I guess it is time to retreat. Uh, Action Herbert. <laughs> so he throws an iguana in his suitcase. That, yeah, right? Uh, you got to pack the iguana. Of course, he, then he, he checks Dan over to make sure he's fine. Now, here's the thing I was I was wondering. I'm like, are they going to kill Dan off this early? I mean, I've, I've seen the movie like 10 times. I already know the answer. But the point is, is like, I would believe that Herbert West would watch his literal best friend get shanked then he would tell him to his face, you're going to be fine just to wait for him to die on the plane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? And then inject him with reagent. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, that would be, oh, Anthony, we've, we've come up with uh, reanimator part, what, five? Ah, <laughs> uh, we're going to bring, we, we're, we're going to get Dan Kane back in here. I don't know if we can get at, uh, Mr. Abbott in here, but we're going to get Dan Kane. Yeah, um, <laughs> so then we cut to uh, credits, and the credits basically are identical to the previous ones, or, or mm-hmm. s- similar in tone at least. It's the same sort of medical drawings over yeah. like brightly colored screens and the same kind of score. But I will mention, I, I, I don't want to be, be too forward about this. Did you notice that there were a lot more f- female forms that were more overt in this one than the. It's like they looked at the last one and was like, "What really sold this movie?" And they said, "Barbara Crampton." That's who sold this movie. All right, we need more of that. And I guess that kind of makes sense when we get to the end that like the female yeah. form is a bigger part of this movie. It's true. Uh, it is called Bride of Reanimator, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, as we we talked about last time, like you know, if there was any doubt about whether this counted as a Frankenstein movie. Uh, this one is way more Frankensteinian than yeah. the previous one. And oddly enough, the the ending parts are more Herbert West reanimator, the short story, than not. Mm, okay. But we'll, when we get, and obviously, there are some characters that wouldn't be in the short story, but we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> so, yeah, now we're returning to Arkham. We were gone for about five minutes. Now we're back. <laughs> Uh, and like, it's, you know, kind of similar tone, like right away. So you've got Dan is sort of comforting this patient. Gloria. 
Yeah, and um, you know she's 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 obviously sick with something. Yeah, yeah. We, I don't know that they ever outright say, but it. it I don't think they do. It seems you know cancer adjacent mm-hmm. at least. Like it, it, it seems like she's terminal, but Dan's like doing everything he can, and he's definitely got really good bedside manner. Like you know, meanwhile Herbert <laughs> it does not. Uh, right. <laughs> so so by the way, like. So Dan's being, as you said, he's being very kind. He, he tells her she's looking great. Obviously, she's looking very sickly. But, you know, when they mention, when she says, my head is the only part of me that's not sick, immediately, in the middle of the frame, you have Herbert West, whose head snaps around. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, he's already working. <laughs> but, yeah, so he decides he's going to immediately examine her head, and he brings out his pen light. And he looks her over a little bit. And he's like, you are correct. Your head is perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Dan kind of like chastises him and he's like, you know, she's a person, not a specimen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, as far as continuity, like they both should theoretically not be welcome back at the school. But like, no. or, but they're both just doctors now and are perfectly, you know, accepted and, and doing their job. Yeah. If, if this had held strongly to the events of the last film, these guys would be arrested immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, you you reanimated corpses. You were the cause of several people's deaths. So many people's <laughs> deaths. You know, you killed our main money earner, as well as uh, the dean of the school, uh, his daughter, and, uh, yeah, a bunch of other people. So, no, you're not welcome here. Uh, but so then we do get something that sort of, like, starts to, to build onto the continuity, which is that, a police officer shows up. He's continuing the investigation about the massacre. You know, we know now like eight months have passed at least. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Dr. Wilbur Graves comments on that. He's like, hey, it's been eight months since the Miskatonic massacre, <laughs> which, by the way, great band name. If someone hasn't already done it, do it. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, Dr. Graves, we have not met him before. He's new. Great name. All the characters in this, their their names are all just kind of like nouns, basically. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you got West and Hill and Graves. By the way, do you get the joke? I I, I think there's a joke here. Wilbur Graves, Wilbur Graves, Wilbury <laughs> Graves. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. didn't get that. Yeah. It turns out that the uh, this police officer has Hill's head. He managed to track it down. It was at a carnival sideshow. Hilariously, we did not mention this last week, but that was one of the things that Herbert told him that he would be good for is to be in a uh, freak show or sideshow. <laughs> yeah, when they're, like when he's go. just the head, like he's already like. I think it was when he was trying to blackmail him or, or take his work. He's like, "What are you going to do? All you can do is get a job as, at a sideshow." Um, yeah. And yep, so he did, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> he wasn't aware of it, of course. But you know, works work. It's important. Yeah, so he he shows the officer shows Graves the head, tells this whole thing, and Graves is like, "Interesting. Let me let me show you what I've got in my storage closet here." And right. He still has a bunch of body parts. All the parts. Yeah, and none of them have decayed. Uh, you know, yep. and, no rot whatsoever. Yeah, and you know, obviously Hill's head is the same way. It still looks the way it did at the end of the movie. Graves doesn't really have any other information. He just tells him this, you know, and Graves goes down to the basement where there is uh there's like a crematorium basically, and there's a dancer who cut off yeah, her a ballet own, dancer. She cut off her own feet as a, a method Form of, of suicide? suicide. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty that's extreme. Yeah. That's really extreme. I don't know that uh that would be a route that anyone would take. But <laughs> You know, maybe. 
By the way, the officer's name uh, is Lieutenant Leslie Chapel. Mm, yeah. And he's very, like, particular about saying that he's a lieutenant. Like, I think he corrects people a few times over the course of the yeah. movie about that. So as they're getting ready to do the cremation, they note that the feet are actually missing. They were there originally. They did bring them to the hospital, but right. they're, but they're uh, not they're, there now. They kind of discuss the crematorium uh, attendant or whatever, and, and Graves are talking, and they're like, this isn't the first time. Like, parts just keep going missing. Well, and on that note, immediately it pans to, or it goes to Herbert West with the feet. <laughs> yeah, he just he just stole the feet. <laughs> yeah, apparently so, he's been stealing all kinds of body parts. And he actually is in the you know Graves like storage closet, and he sees Hill's head, and kind of like he's like, oh, <laughs> funny seeing you here, and he just kind of like mocks him a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> But not only does he find Hill's head and, of course, like you said, mock him relentlessly, um, he also finds a certain heart that belonged to a Halsey. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, I thought they tore that guy limb from limb. Huh. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> so, yeah, he leaves with that. And then, meanwhile, a nurse comes to Dr. Kane and is like, there's a police officer looking for you. Right. Uh, you know, Kane is, he's back with the woman from earlier, continuing his sort of like... Yeah, Gloria. Like, they, clearly they've developed a friendship. Like, it's its a little bit more yeah. than just a doctor-patient relationship. Yeah. Um, These are friends. Or if not, maybe... Well, he does even mention a couple times that he sees a lot of Megan in her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it may be romantic interest as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's a crossing the <laughs> several lines, but... Yeah, but... Uh, so the, the police officer was looking for him, but she told him he was busy. So that's kind of the end of that. And then Kane arrives back at the house or arrives at the. So this is the first time we see West and Kane have bought this old mortuary and that's where right. they're living now. And it's just like such a perfect, like creepy ass house. Yeah. Anthony, <laughs> can we buy a mortuary? <laughs> no. Yes, please. I mean, I kind of want to after seeing this. Like it's perfectly gothic, you know? Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, and of course, of course, not only is it you know a mortuary, you've got to have the embalming room in the basement. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, when they go down in the when Dan goes down into the embalming room, I have never seen such a dirty, cramped embalming room. <laughs> like I've only seen like maybe one one embalming room in my whole life, aside <laughs> from what I've seen in uh, you know horror movies. Mm-hmm. They you know doesn't didn't look like that. No. <laughs> But yeah, so Dan gets there and like he goes downstairs to, to find West and finds a basket with some feet in it. Yeah. West is nowhere to be found. And then he pops, pops. out of a hole in the wall. <laughs> right. After doing a little bit of a jump scare. But uh, yeah, it turns out he uh, he's really happy because did you know we're right next door to the Avery crypt? <laughs> like they're they're literally right in. I'm hanging out with the Avery family right now. <laughs> Yeah, so now uh, that they did found you see that cuz I, I I see four more shadows. <laughs> yeah. So then West comes out and he's like, "So, I found while you were gone, I discovered a new poison." Mhm. So he Yeah. Like, <laughs> he like takes He a, just grabs uh, the iguana <laughs> and like shoves this like he takes a, 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 a rag like he's going to chloroform the iguana, but he he douses it in this new special poison. And he's explaining, this will give you a heart attack if you actually breathe it in. There's four more shadows I, I just saw going past, <laughs> past me. Uh, and um, 
Yeah, so he just gasses the iguana. By the way, if we didn't mention this, um, content warning. There will be animal cruelty, uh, at least implied, violence of both the sexual and non-sexual nature, and lots of gore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you didn't catch that from the last episode, it, it's going to continue on the same path. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if we say reanimator, just just Im- immediately assume that all of this. <laughs> but yeah, so he, he kills the iguana right then and there. And he uh, cuts it open to remove the amniotic sac. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Specifically. Apparently so, that's where all the good stuff comes from. Yeah, so there's a little <laughs> a little callback to uh, all the amniotic fluid <laughs> from mm-hmm. from Mary that Shelley's would... Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, but but this would actually this happened what two years before that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So hmm, maybe <laughs> they were watching Bride of Reanimator. Interesting. But of course they start mixing it with the other things because you can't have reagent with just amniotic fluid effectively. Yeah. You have to have myosin, uh, apparently actin, and then provomycin. I don't remember exactly what they said. The point is it's a lot of uh, muscle proteins. Yeah. And, you know, may, we get our good neon green glowing liquid again. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where, like, you see, like, West is getting sort of playful <laughs> with his yeah. experimentation. Uh, on, on this little tray, he has... All the fingers from a hand. Um, and an not, eyeball. And an eyeball. And he just kind of like stitches them together, kind of just pokes them together with like, like little he's playing with rock. Like he's playing with Lego. <laughs> and so, like organic Lego. <laughs> just makes this little like, basically like a spider out of fingers and an eyeball. Yeah. Um, it's and, like the worst form of cousin it or uh, thing. Thing, yeah. Yeah. And, the little hand. And, like, he injects it with the reagent, and it immediately comes to life comes and to starts life. to crawl around. Yeah. Like, as awful as it could be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And this is a combination of, like, like stop-motion stop animation, puppets on, like, strings, mm-hmm. and also, like, there's, like, I think one shot that's just a real hand with an eyeball attached to it. Like, you know, you just see the fingers peeking over a table, I think. Or a bowl, or yeah, something. like the tray, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, they, they managed to do all of it so seamlessly that, like, it looks good, it's pretty solid, yeah. But of course, uh, we get a little discussion where Dan, you know, is trying to call out West for being like playing God and doodling with you know all these little creatures and so on and so forth. And of yeah. course, West gives him the good old jab with the well, you did reanimate Megan, so. That happened at the end. We don't know what you did after that. Yeah, and so, again, it's very, like, yeah, he kind of accuses him that, the, you know, he did do stuff to Megan, so he's not above this reanimation work. But Dan's like, but I, I want to save people. I don't want to experiment with parts. I injected Megan because I wanted to bring her back to life. I didn't want to create weird monsters. So he's, so he's Dan, like, thinking about moving out. But, of course, West always has something in his back pocket. Mm-hmm. And this time it happens to be Megan Halsey's heart. Yep. Which he presents to Dan and is like, here's here's her heart. <laughs> we're going to bring her back. That's kind of that's kind of his his pitch. Yeah. If you stay with me, we're bringing Megan back. Yeah. With just her heart <laughs> and other parts of other people, I'm assuming. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so it's like we're going to create a new life with her. And I think that, again, kind of goes back to, you know, when you looked at the original Frankenstein and the Bride, mm-hmm. Frankenstein was all about the brain and the Bride was all about the heart. And it kind of happens again. You know, in the first movie, right. you had Hill doing, like, stuff with brains and 
you know, they talked about how long a brain survived after after death and all that. And then here, it's all about the heart of Megan Halsey. If we put her heart into something new, it will be her. Right. Well, it's because it's, uh, this one also seems a little bit more holistic, right? Mm-hmm. Because now we know that the consciousness isn't just stored in the brain. It's apparently all over the body. Yeah. So obviously, it would be in the heart as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, so Kane kind of agrees, like, you know, Hill, or West is like, I can't, you know, I need your help at the hospital. I can't do this on my own. Dan's like, but what about the police? You know, they were asking around about me at the hospital today. And, and immediately the doorbell rings. <laughs> yeah. And yep, it's, it's our uh, Lieutenant from earlier. Yep. Chapham. Yep. So he's kind of just immediately like lets himself in and is like poking around the house. He's very skeptical about the fact that they live in a mortuary um, yeah, well, I mean that's kind of a dead giveaway, right? Yeah, it's. You, by the way, th- these are known suspects. They now are back in town. No one has come to actually apprehend them. the The lieutenant is just here to talk, to question them effectively. Yeah, it's like we know you're involved in several murders. <laughs> and yeah, they dodge the questions pretty pretty well. Uh, but meanwhile, but they also have to dodge a hand <laughs> as it as it <laughs> pops in. Yeah, the hand is so like mainly, you know, like we talked about last time, West has a way with words, even though he's not very charismatic. So he's sort of mm-hmm. deflecting all these questions while Dan is like frantically running around in the background trying to catch this weird hand creature. Uh, right. And he's getting ever closer to uh, the, the lieutenant. <laughs> he's like on the back of the couch right behind him and then like hops down on the couch next to him and the lieutenant's so focused on west that he still doesn't notice and he finally like when he's finished talking he like drops a book down next to him that he was flipping through Mm -hmm. uh it's like a medical textbook that he you know mentions was a very morbid book and they're like this is part of being a doctor is you know we have medical texts Uh, yeah it's not more science isn't morbid yeah, which you know they're they're right there, but so yeah, he drops the book and squishes the the uh, little critter and ends up leaving. And so yeah, then once he's gone, they pick up the book and yeah, this thing is like smashed and like little. It looks like a bug. Like there's like guts, kind of like or like you know not guts, but like the liquid that comes out of a bug basically just kind of yeah. splatter. The reagent, it. right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so after that lovely scene, turns out that Doctor Wilbur Graves has found the reagent. And after eight months, he's actually doing something with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> after eight months, he actually puts it under a microscope for the first time. And he's like, oh, I know what this is for. How he knows <laughs> what this is for? Yeah. That's amazing. Good. <laughs> he's a good doctor. He, he He's not getting enough credit. So he immediately takes this bat whose chest cavity is opened up. So you're seeing exposed skeleton and muscles and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he injects it with the reagent. Anthony, we have our first flappy bat. Yes. Because that is a flappy bat. It's, yes. It is the flappiest of flappy bats. Right? (laughs) And, like, it is, it's weird because, like, all the special effects in this look pretty great again. Mm -hmm. This bat, not so much. Not so much. Uh, I I feel like this is a callback, though. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. it, It does almost feel that way. Like, it feels like it is intentionally, like... An old time right. flappy bat. Uh, yeah, because I don't feel like the effects companies would be actually okay with this. I feel like either the directors or somebody was like, listen, we want a bad plastic bat with flappy wings. <laughs> yeah. 
And it like, first it kind of, you know, it's like pinned down to this board, you know, and it's kind of flapping around and it eventually breaks free and is like actually, you know, flapping around the room. Mm -hmm. Um, And he, you know, is attacking Dr. Graves. He manages to like kind of get it under control. uh, And logically, logically, what does he go for? (laughs) He cuts off the wings. Wings doesn't kill the bat. He... (laughs) Mutilates this poor revived bat that's probably scared for its life, or I don't know. Maybe the reagent just makes you like a, a insane monster. <laughs> but he just like cut casually cuts off the wings, <laughs> so it's still continuing to kind of flap and screech on the table. <laughs> and then we cut away to West is down in the crematorium. He talks to the, the attendant down there and is like, uh, "Doctor Graves needs you upstairs." I believe his name is Ernest. Is the attendant. <laughs> And he's like, oh, okay. Well, let me, I got to take care of this first. And he's like, no, don't worry about it. I, I got it. I got you. Yeah. I, I can handle Graves it. Graves really wants to see you. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to make him mad. So he leaves and obviously West is like ready to steal this corpse. But not in any fashion. No, 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 no. This, this corpse is going to go out in style because he has some sunglasses he's going to put on his face <laughs> and yeah. uh, wheel the body out in a wheelchair. Yeah. So we're doing a little bit of weekend at Bernie's here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, before the attendant gets upstairs, Graves goes on to like the logical next step is let's <laughs> inject Hill's head and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was a good friend of mine, right? In theory. <laughs> yeah. So let's bring him back. Let's see if he could tell us what happened that night. Yeah. And he he does wake up and in, you know, instantly starts talking. He recognizes Graves, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, like, basically insults Graves right away. Is like uh, Apparently Gra- Graves gave a lecture on the theory of reconciling creationism with the origin of disease. Mm, yeah. That sounds pretty wild. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So I'm on Hill's side here. <laughs> but, yeah, he basically says, like, it was trash. Um, yeah. And then the uh, the attendant shows up and Graves is like, look, you know, I found this reagent. Like, I, I reanimated this head. Look, listen. And the head doesn't do anything. And he's right. like, talk, t- tell him, you know, tell him. And nothing, just dead head on the table. And, mm-hmm. you know, Ernest is like, oh, cool. All right. <laughs> he just kind of like backs out of the room slowly. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, all right. Um, I might, we might have a visit to the psychiatric ward a little bit later. <laughs> but by the way, here's a tip for everybody out there. If a head starts talking to you, like no matter where it is, don't tell anyone else. Because it doesn't look good for you. Like I've I've read too many too many uh, horror short stories about people finding heads in the middle of fields and talking to them. Don't do that. And yeah, so as soon as Ernest leaves, Hill is like, "Don't ever do that again." <laughs> do that again. It's like he was playing dead because you know obviously he he doesn't want anyone to know he's a, alive again. Yeah. yeah. So he he says that he has unfinished business, and you will assist me. <laughs> He's already trying to boss people around. He's been alive for a couple of minutes. Jeez. <laughs> then we cut to uh, West and Dan, and they are sneaking this corpse out in the wheelchair with the sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> Everything seems to be going fine until a dog runs by and, well, happens to knock those glasses off of that corpse. Yeah, we get a little bit of physical comedy as, like, West mm-hmm. is trying to, like, <laughs> sit the corpse back up and, and shoo the dog away and get the glasses back on and everything. Uh, and of course, Chapham sees this, so that's going to lead to some trouble later. Yeah. But not only does Chapham see this, it turns out that dog belonged to somebody. Yeah, and it's Francesca. She has hey. 
uh, coming into town and is excited to... I don't think she's there to visit them. It's like a coincidence, but she's Yeah, really, she's, she's there for an interview or some interviews in Boston is what she said. Oh, yeah. But she's like super excited to see Dan, especially. So Dan's kind of talking to her. They're, you know, they're trying to catch up a little bit, but then they hear like Dan being paged overhead. You know, you're needed in surgery or whatever. So they kind of like make a quick date. Like, let's do dinner. And she's like, okay, I'll cook, you know, just uh, I'll meet you at your place. We'll, we'll we'll cook there and have dinner. Yeah, we're having Italian because um, I'm Italian, not Peruvian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I'll cook over. you a traditional tr- Italian dinner. I hope you like garlic. Yeah, uh, there'll be a lot of it. <laughs> Yeah, so he rushes back to work. Meanwhile, Wes kind of like has slipped away with the corpse. But then uh, Lieutenant Chaplin takes the opportunity to stop Francesca and is like, what do you know about these guys? Like, do you know anything about the massacre? And he takes her into the psychiatric ward, coincidentally enough. Yeah, yeah. He's like, she is completely unconnected to this in any way. He takes her to this ward and shows there are three surviving reanimated corpses from the massacre. Surviving, right. eh, you know, yeah, they're, they're present, I guess. Yeah, still reanimated corpses, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. And one of them is his wife. So that kind of like explains why, like, it seems like everybody else is like done with this story. It's just kind of like, well, it's a cold case or we're satisfied with whatever theory that the Dean was involved, you know, like whatever we're moving on, but he's not. And this, this kind of explains why he's kind of really sinking his teeth into this and not letting go. Yeah. But that's kind of a weird, like, well, later we'll find out there. It's weird that he's being this mm-hmm. pursuant of it. Yep. But Okay. So, yeah, so obviously we then introduce Francesca to Elizabeth, which is Chaplin's wife. And, uh, you know, she's sitting there in a quarter kind of playing with whatever. And as soon as they kind of look away, Elizabeth reaches out and tries to grab Francesca and tries to start basically killing her right mm-hmm. then and there. Yeah, so these these zombies are definitely as they were before. They're still violent. Uh, but you it's, can't trust them. Yeah, and it's it, but it's like Hall, how Dean Halsey was, where it's like they're not necessarily always violent, but they're always ready for violence at the you know at a moment's You're notice. Right. Uh, <laughs> Viol- uh, they didn't choose violence. Violence shows them well, qu- quite literally in most cases. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The lieutenant says that you know Dan was found with Meg's dead body in his arms, and mm-hmm. she was twitching, like still sort of alive, but not fully alive. And that Dr. Hill's head was the same way. Right. Uh, so the, that's... These that's, weird parts were just twitching. Yeah. So that's kind of all all the explanation we get about... I, I don't know if like there wasn't enough to fully reanimate Meg, but we did hear her scream at the end. So I, I don't know. But but she, uh, you know, she did not continue the way that the rest of these, you know, these three reanimated corpses in this ward are. So something happened where she did not continue. Right. We cut back to the lab under, or the sort of embalming room or whatever, under the mortuary, and Herbert and Dan are putting together a female body in a very, like, Bride of Frankenstein kind of way. But it's strange, like, rather than, usually with Frankenstein stuff, we see where, like, you know, you put a part next to the other part, you stitch it together, and, like, you just have, like, skin with stitches. Right. However, in this case, they're actually putting metal to, to bone and to flesh. Yeah, and they're not attaching the skin. So, like, there's, 
you you have like these gaps between the parts and like you see like muscle and sinew and some like tubing of like blood vessels and stuff really this is just like we can do this cool stuff with gore right so why are we going to stitch it up and, and not show all this cool gore yeah come on <laughs> let's be real about it yeah now uh, of course they're having another disagreement uh, because Kane suggests, hey, instead of just like stitching this together kind of willy nilly, why don't we just publish our findings, get grant money, and then we could actually, you know, properly put together a body. Yeah. And of course, Wes is mad because he's like, no, they're going to do like Hill and they're going to steal our work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're kind of arguing about that a little bit, and then Francesca arrives. So obviously Dan leaves West to his work and goes upstairs, and you know Francesca's got like a couple bags of groceries, and they kind of like cook, and it's sort of like the rom com moment for this right. movie. Like they're they're kind of playfully cooking together and chopping vegetables, and then they start actually tasting the sauce. And then what happens after they start tasting the sauce? Yeah, <laughs> boom, sex uh, yeah. love scene. Yep, back back to the bedroom. So not quite as like clever as the like no no yes yes thing, but right. but still a, a jump cut to a uh, Dan's quick with his work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Dan. Uh, and then while that's going on, we we find out that the lieutenant is outside, kind of spying on them, uh, mm-hmm. or like doing kind of a stakeout. Right. Well, not only that, but uh, apparently uh, Herbert's uh, having his own little fun time with those ballerinas' legs. Or at least a leg. So he reanimates a leg, and it's kind of just like twitching around, and then yeah, he, he starts tickling it gingerly, which is really <laughs> weird seeing like Herbert like kind of giggle. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's not a, a giggling kind of guy. <laughs> and so then he attaches an arm to the leg, right? With basically just a piece of metal. Yeah, like a bar. They just <laughs> shove the foot or the leg onto that, and then the hand onto the other end, and then he's like. Now for the reagent. <laughs> Let's see what we can do here. Yeah, and so then we have this weird monstrosity that, like, starts jumping around. <laughs> it, like, kicks him, knocks him down. He, like, grabs it. It's just Instead of trying to, like, act, kill it or stop it from moving, he just shoves it into a trash bag. And so now it's still twitching and bouncing around within a trash bag. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Francesca and Dan, they're still in bed. And the uh, lieutenant has just let himself in. Yeah. Um, if, and, and, of course, Francesca sees him, like, at, right after they get done having an intimate moment with her and Dan. Yeah. So, obviously, what would you do? You'd be surprised that this weird <laughs> man is in the house. Yeah. And so, like, she kind of is surprised. West runs upstairs. He blocks the lieutenant, but the lieutenant is, you know, insistent that he wants to see the basement. And it's kind of one of those, like, you don't have a warrant. You can't do that and he doesn't care he just pushes past west like clearly he's kind of going outside of his normal police duties here and you know so he heads downstairs and sees this weird bride of frankenstein that they're they're creating and -hmm. you know instantly like calls west a butcher and like attacks west oh it's on now yeah and you know he's like you killed my wife like there's this reanimated monster that it's your fault and well, it turns out, Mr. Chapham, uh, I didn't kill your wife. She was dead from a bunch of contusions. That seems like you may have caused, sir. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, yeah, Chapham tries to uh, defend himself by saying, no, she fell down the stairs. And it's like, Wes is like, okay, sure, buddy. I believe <laughs> you. Those were not uh, contiguous. The bumps that she had d- do not match falling downstairs. Yeah. So, you know. So we know. 
uh, it's a little true to life there where we've got like a domestic yeah. abuse situation with a police officer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, also that 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 leads me back to what I mentioned earlier was why? <laughs> why is he so invested then? Like yeah. it's kind of his problem solved to a degree. He just has to leave it alone. Yeah, I, right? I, I don't know if he's got like a fear that his wife is suddenly going to like, you know, Tell regain him. consciousness and then accuse him. Well, um, I guess to a point his uh, his fears will be founded later on but for the moment he uh gets in a little bit of a scuffle with uh with west and uh you know that that gas that we uh we saw four shadows around last time <laughs> it turns out it gets used now yeah as uh west gives uh Chapman a face full of the, the heart attack gas yeah so he falls down dead dan comes in at this point sees the dead cop and west is like no it's fine and he just so he injects yep. injects the cop with okay. the agent now, at this point, I've got to say, I think it's a fetish. I think this is his, I think this is Wes kink. It, yeah. Uh, you'll, right? By the end of this movie, I, yeah, there's no way to deny that it definitely is. Yeah, I mean, like, seriously, you you just had a physical altercation with this man. You're going to resurrect him just because science? Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, either either he's going to come back as an you know the angry zombie monster we've seen, or he's going to mm-hmm. come back as the angry cop that we just saw. Like right. either way, we it's don't lose win. lose. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, so he does wake up and you know attack West. <laughs> oh, and Wes has the best line immediately after he uh, Chapman attacks him again. <laughs> he just screams out, "He's a wife beater, Dan. Use the gun." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't top that. Yeah. That's, that's it. <laughs> what the heck, man? Uh, but uh. so it is. They kind of continue their scuffle, and Wes manages to chop off one arm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the now armless zombie cop manages to escape. But before he leaves, he locks Dan and Herbert in the lab. Right. He has enough wherewithal to actually understand how locks work. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we now have another smart one on our hands. Yeah. And then, meanwhile, Francesca has come downstairs to see what all the commotion was. With her lovely dog, Angel. Yeah. And so she sees this weird, you know, zombie cop with one arm. He, like, knocks her down. That pisses Angel off. Angel attacks him. Yeah. And a, but a Chapman gets a hold of Angel's one leg and kills the dog. Yeah, yeah. So. so he rips off one arm and kills the dog and then just leaves. Uh, and then... Yeah, is he taking that arm for a snack? Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, we love dogs, so we, we'll move on from that. Uh, yes. Uh, so then meanwhile, we get West is going back through the hole in the wall that he discovered. Mm-hmm. And Dan is trying to break through the standard door that was locked. So they mm-hmm. both kind of escape simultaneously in opposite directions. Arrive at the same place at the, roughly the same time. Yeah. And Francesca is upset. You know, her, her dog, uh, you know, obviously she's upset about her dog and she's upset. Something was wrong with that cop. And she's yeah, like, what, what did you all do? And Herbert's like, she's hysterical. <laughs> right. Um, you know, again, this dog is dead as well. I shall grab it and dispose of the body. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Yep, you know what's happening. Yep, so um, the next morning, like, Francesca has somehow ended up staying the night still. She's, you know, she has not had, like, the sort of angry reaction that Megan had in the previous movie. So she still spends the night with Dan. But then she does, she walks downstairs after, or, you know, Dan's still asleep. And, you know, she's kind of wandering around. And West is like, leave, you know, you got to get out of here. And then she sees there's Angel. Hey, Angel's not attacking her right off the bat. That's great. (laughs) That's awesome. And it seems cool with uh, with West. <laughs> hey, this is the first time this has happened. <laughs> well, I say that, but then immediately a hand comes out and grabs Francesca. Um, do you remember Chaplin's hand? That's that's now on the dock. Yeah, so it's kind of like a tit for tat thing where, like, yeah, so you know, you West, my arm, I'll take yours. <laughs> yeah, and so he's just like, well, we've got this arm now, so so now <laughs> we've got this weird dog that is. You know, a three-legged dog with a human hand as the as the fourth leg, mm-hmm. um, and you know, obviously, this upsets Francesca as it should. She screams and yells, "I hate you!" <laughs> right, but fair. <laughs> and she leaves, mm-hmm. and Dan's like, you know, just kind of confused. <laughs> like he just kind of stumbles into this chaos, and Wes is like, "It's fine. You're better off without her." Without her? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I, I love how Wes is just like casually playing off this like this man has no interest in anyone sexually period the end he his love is science oh for sure foremost and always (laughs) but yeah so now we go back to uh we we skip forward a little bit and we have dan visiting uh dan's a little despondent because obviously his his new love has told him to go fuck off basically and uh he knows that it's his best friend's fault yeah so he's a little despondent. He's kind of wandering the halls of the hospital. But he does go to see Gloria. Yeah. Gloria will brighten his day up. Uh, one would hope, but then he's talking <laughs> to her, and she just dies right there with him. By uh, the way, I love... Th- okay, this is another bit, by the way. Um, if you if you don't know, if we didn't mention earlier, this is a black comedy. Because he literally reveals to her that he thinks of her as the Megan who lived. Immediately <laughs> she dies. <laughs> Yeah. She just flatlines after he says that. And, you know, immediately, because, like, this is just what Dan is stuck doing in every movie, mm-hmm. he tr- desperately tries to revive her. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't work. But then Wes shows up, and he's like, well, you know, maybe we, maybe there's another thing we can try. So he yeah. cuts open her chest and, like, tries to, like, massage her heart back to life, and that still doesn't work. And he's like, "I we gotta call it. She's dead. And, you know, Dan is upset and, you know, kind of screams no. This kind of leads me to the fact, this leads me to ask, did she really die of natural causes, or did did Wes just make sure it happened? <laughs> yeah. Was he was he basically doing a double tap on this poor woman? Yeah. It the, could go one way or the other, because we didn't mention, but, like, after Francesca left, Wes did mention that there's just one more part they need for their uh, creation. Oh, the uh, head, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and who has, a, who has a perfectly working head, but nothing else? Yep. Gloria. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So that happens. Then we cut back to... Graves, who is arguing with the uh, head of Hill. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, we can't skip over the headgasm, Anthony. We can't skip over the headgasm. Because right before he actually has that argument with Graves, he's literally sticking out his tongue. And, you know, he's making those sounds that you make. (laughs) And, um, yeah. So it looks like he's about to hit moment of climax in his dream. And he immediately wakes up and says, Damn it, West! (laughs) So, yeah. 
Yeah, so he wants to go find West, and mm-hmm. Graves is like, no, you know, he's not interested in this. Yeah. So, so he shoves an apple in his mouth like <laughs> like he's like a pig at a roast or whatever. Roasting. Uh like wraps him up in like a bag, puts him in a trash bag. <laughs> trash can. <laughs> uh. Instead of just throwing his, the head in the in, an incinerator, he throws it just in his waist, waist bin <laughs> and calls it a day. Yeah. So then we cut back to West is taking Gloria's body to the cremation area. So this hospital is quick. Yeah. People go straight to cremation. Um, yep. I think in this case, though, it is it's a little premature. I think the, even the attendants like, doesn't she need to go to like have pathology? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. She should have some sort of autopsy done. And nope, he's like, nope. nope, nope, it's fine. Just go ahead. Don't even look in the bag. Just just dump yeah. the whole thing right in the cremation chamber. You, you it's grab fine. the legs and I'll get the head. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He, he kind of winks at the camera. Not really, but it feels like he did. Yeah. So, yeah, clearly, like, he doesn't want the attendant to know that there is no head. Somebody's going to know there's a head. They're not just going to roll the whole card into the incinerator. Yeah. They're not just going to. Yeah, they're going to know. They're going to find out. But whatever. I guess he'll already have done what he needs to do by then. (laughs) And then meanwhile, we cut back to upstairs at the hospital. Francesca has arrived. She's looking for Dan. So, you know, she yelled that she hated him. But like now she is maybe willing to talk at least. She's also carrying his Miskatonic University sweatshirt that she was wearing earlier. Got to return to him. Yeah. And the nurse is like, well, uh, you know, he's really sad at the moment. He just lost a patient. And, you know, I've never known a doctor who cares so much. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of like warms Francesca's heart a little bit that like, OK, well, you know, he's a, maybe a good guy. Yeah. So immediately we cut to uh, West revealing Gloria's head is now on the body. <laughs> now we just got to fuse that brain to that spinal cord and we're good to go. And like, you know, again, Dan is like resistant again. Like, I don't you know, this is too much. Uh, right. But, but then West busts out the sales pitch of we have all the parts from all the choices of people. Yeah, and you know, we're not going over that's gross, but yeah, yeah, we we go, yeah, like he, I mean, he specifically, you know, we've got Megan's heart, and then he does kind of do an inventory of like this is like a, I think he says it's like a sex worker's legs, and well, yeah, it's the ballerina's feet, we knew that was happening, yeah, yeah, literally a sex worker's legs, and yeah, why does he mention specifically the womb of a virgin? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, like that's weird, man, yeah. I mean, but, I guess this whole situation's weird, but still. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that that tends to be, you know, when we get a female creation specifically, it, yeah. it tends to be really focused on, like, making this perfect woman out of parts right. and stuff. We haven't had a lot of those movies yet, but we'll have more. Yeah, we're going to get there. We'll, yeah. yeah, we'll definitely get there. And, you know, we also get a line that's very reminiscent of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, where he says, it's just dead tissue. In our hands, it's the clay of life. Clay of life. Uh, yes. So... That I guess mainly I think Megan is the selling point for Dan, but yeah. the inventory of everything and the fact that like we could really do something special and that it isn't we're not the clay of life being like that these people aren't suffering. We're doing something new and better and everything. Mm-hmm. And Meg's heart will beat again. Yeah, I think I think it's also kind of I mean, this this movie, instead of reanimating necessarily, even though that's exactly what Herbert West does throughout most of it, it is about new life mm-hmm. versus reanimating what was old i mean by that you still are reanimating what was old but yeah but it's not a full single person the way it was in the last movie 
yeah, pieces. And then meanwhile, we go back to the hospital. Graves goes back to his office and mm. the head of Hill has escaped. Yep. And then we find out that the zombie cop is helping him. Mm-hmm. So he knocks out Graves. Well, to take a step back, he hassles Graves because this is where Hill head becomes Hill bat. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember those bat wings from earlier? Well, uh, Chapham has uh, Graves graph those on to hill's head so yeah so now we've got the yeah a flappy bat uh, like no uh, other <laughs> yep it is it is unique in its terribleness that's for sure so then they're like leaving and francesca sees the whole situation sees the zombie cop again and she tries to hide but the cop sees her and yep. like kind of tries to stop her and they kind of have like a little bit of a confrontation but she manages to kind of squirm away and escape then as she's kind of like trying to get out of the hospital you see that there's like just blood everywhere like there's yeah. there's been some carnage like presumably uh the zombie lieutenant has like murdered a lot of staff yeah this hospital yeah it looks like you know like halloween 2 or something mm-hmm. like it's just hospital carnage and then we cut back to west and dan and they are ready to do the whole revival the body's yep, the body's good to go. They inject her, and you know, or no, in fact, I think Wes says, "And God created woman," and Dan is like, "Actually, I want to do the injection this time." Yeah, it's it's like he is. By the way, they also do do a callback uh, as they're getting ready to do this to the rats in the walls story by H.P. Lovecraft as well, mm-hmm. because it turns out that you know instead of disposing of the parts like anyone would normally do after they've seen them attack you multiple times. <laughs> Wes has just been throwing them in the mausoleum <laughs> yeah, and bricking it back up every time. <laughs> but yeah, so we mentioned the rats in the walls, but yes, Dan wants to be the guy. So now he's actually fully invested mm-hmm. in this whole process. Yeah. So he's, he's officially joined team mad scientist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so while they're waiting on, you know, he injects the body and they're, you know, counting down the seconds, seeing when the body's going to wake up and the doorbell rings. So Wes goes upstairs and opens the door and there's just a small wooden crate on the porch. Yeah. That's and interesting. Like a normal person, like a normal person, he picks it up and brings it in immediately. <laughs> no yeah. questions. Yeah. This is this is long before the days where there'd just be an Amazon package and you'd carry yeah. it in. Uh, but... Nowadays, that's kind of normal. So <laughs> I guess it would work better nowadays. But uh, but yeah, so he carries it inside. Meanwhile, outside, Francesca has also arrived and she's sort of approaching the house and sees a zombie in the yard just kind of like yeah, stumbling around. So she's kind of like sneaking towards the house, kind of avoiding the zombie. And West opens up the crate and that's when we get to see... He'll he'll bat. <laughs> yeah, he'll burst out of the crate with his bat wings and is flapping all over the house. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to outside, and Francesca sees the um, the lieutenant and several zombies. So he's kind of like controlling the zombie army now because he's a lieutenant yeah yeah so he's kind of like the second in command underneath hill but then before they can stop francesca zombie wife attacks zombie cop (laughs) so so she has some sort of memory about what happened and and, you know in the uh the scuffle francesca manages to get away exactly now there there is a little bit of rolling so this is uh adhd uh eric speaking uh if you if you're watching the movie at this point you're going to see several flashes of light. If you're, I wouldn't say necessarily careful, but just aware, you will actually see the shadows of the cameraman and their equipment. 
<laughs> so I did not catch that. Yeah, so that's fun. <laughs> that's I, I I saw them actually moving with the uh, flashes of light from the uh, lightning. Oh, nice. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. But yeah, so yeah, it turns out that one zombie that was by the door is still there, just kind of hanging out. So uh, Francesca can't go that way. Yeah. Uh, and so then meanwhile, we cut back downstairs and the uh, the creature has reanimated. She's getting up off the slab. Dan's kind of helping her. And she they do a really great recreation of the bride from Bride of Frankenstein. Like mm-hmm. this this actress really nails like the twitchy quality and she kind of, you know, is moving her head very similar to Elsa Lanchester. Yeah, I think uh, it's uh Kathleen Kenmont who played both Gloria and the Bride. Yeah, and there's kind of like a reversal of the line, like Dan tells her you're alive, alive. and then yeah, she yeah. yells alive. So, uh, so yeah, kind of a flip of the, you know, the scientist usually yelling the it's alive thing. And then, so yeah, outside we get some lightning that looks very similar to the, the old Bride of Frankenstein lightning. I don't know if it's the exact one or not. It definitely calls back to it. Yeah. Uh, and you got Francesca still trying to find a way in. Right. But of course the zombies are now popping up everywhere. They Yeah. Yeah. So she's like kind of living a zombie movie outside while they're (laughs) kind of living a Frankenstein movie inside. Mm-hmm. And then West is inside with his gun, got his pistol, walking around trying to like you know basically like duck hunt uh, right for Hill. <laughs> and then Dan escorts the creation upstairs, and West is impressed. You know he's like she's alive, she's moving on her own, but she kind of pulls away from him. She doesn't have the same response that she does to Dan, and he's like, no, it's like she remembers. Yeah, and he's like, but I made you <laughs> right. Uh, so she spurned him, not not him spurning her or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then Francesca manages to get in and, like, warns that, like, the zombies are coming. Yeah, so we have the whole crew in the lab at this point. Yeah. But, uh, but Francesca gets a little bit too close to Dan, and the bride does not like that. Yeah, so she, she, like, shoves. Shoved- yeah, yeah. She's like, no, mine. Yeah. And then we see Hill again, and, you know, he knows the zombies are outside. So he crashes into a window, breaking the glass, and the zombies use that opportunity to kind of start crawling in. Right. But, of course, the, this when we have this is when we have the full-on catfight. Well, at, Wes does a little bit of blasphemy for a bit, <laughs> claiming how, how much better he is than God. Because <laughs> that's, that's the kind of man Wes is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we, I mean, you know. And then we have Francesca fighting with the bride. Uh, the bride actually bites Francesca, like, really hard. Like, I was like, oh, no, did she tear out her throat? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a full-on, like, zombie bite. And they kind of continue to fight, though, and they knock over, uh, like, a whole big vat of reagent. Mm-hmm. During the fight, there's also one great little moment where, like, Francesca pushes the bride into this wall and like yeah and sparks shoot everywhere it looks very much like a universal Mm -hmm. scene you know everybody crashes into those transformers and sparks fly right (laughs) yeah and of Uh, course we have uh dan and west giving commentary and uh (laughs) west is is now kind of cheering for francesca but uh or yeah dan's cheering for francesca but west is like nope our girl's perfect in every way She's way better than Francesca. Yeah, he says your girlfriend doesn't stand a chance. chance. (laughs) Yep. But then Dan, you know, Dan trying to protect the real life in this situation, Francesca, he kind of like stops the creature and says, leave her alone, you monster. Right. Um, And that just kind of really tears her heart out. Like, (laughs) no, I'm serious. She tears her own heart out because of this. Yeah, she's like, 
you made me don't you want me and he's like yeah. i i don't want your body and then she's yeah she says then what do you want and she reaches in and Pulls rips out the heart you know rips out megan's still beating heart and says is this what you want right and i feel at, i feel like that's a little ungrateful of him though like he did literally create her yeah but at this point like her standing there heart out um the zombies managed to break down the door yep. it's go time now yep so and and it's a very like you know we did have a moment with like i think west and francesca like boarding up the door and putting mm-hmm. all the heavy stuff you know like you always see in these kind of movies right um, by the way this would be the part that is uh, most like the end of the actual uh, reanimator book in that west is in effectively a basement and that has a mausoleum on the side and of course the creatures that he's been throwing in the mausoleum now attack him <laughs> as well they come busting through yeah and so there's like a dual kind of thing where you've got the zombies coming from one side side and then yeah like you said uh west's weird creations that we've not previously seen <laughs> all come oh and there are some creations and this is this is specifically Screaming Mad George. Like this whole part mm-hmm. was what he did. And yeah. like, yeah, if you know him, like, yeah, this is this is exactly his kind of work. Uh, I will say that there is a really great part where there's like a, a masculine figure approaching Francesca in like the small mausoleum, and then immediately they spin around and on the other side is a feminine per- like persona of yeah, that it, person. It's like a it's two people split and you know, Spused. but it's like but you know like long ways so it's like a face on both sides of the head and like the arms are bent like crazy and stuff it's really Um, good yeah and then there's also there's like this weird sort of man that's walking around on like feet instead of like he's walking on all fours because he has feet where his hands should be be. and there's just like a a stray breast on his back that's like jiggling uh it's just (laughs) just weird gross stuff Uh, and then we got angel angel's back (laughs) yeah yeah, and then just like random stuff where it's just like there's a head that's got like a foot growing out of the top of it and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so it, it it actually kind of looks like, you know, as we were talking earlier about society, it looks very much like yeah. the shunting. Yeah. It's just bodies mushed together Morphed. in unpleasant ways. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. And so then, yeah, those things kind of all attack Herbert. You know, they're like they're yeah. all kind of bad. Like these are his trash, basically, and they're back for revenge. But of course, at this moment, our good friend Chapman breaks through the door as well, grabs Francesca and literally starts molesting her with his his cut off hand mm-hmm. or his arm and says, don't worry, my wife will understand. And because this is a black comedy, his wife uh, immediately hits him with a cane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah. um, And so at that point, like, Hill's flapping around the room, too. He -hmm. kind of, like, pushes West towards the abominations. Literally Uh, mocks West as a stupid biped. It's like you've just been, you've just had wings fused to your head for a few hours, man. Come bring it down. <laughs> Don't give me that air superiority stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dan and Francesca get pulled into the crypt, and they're sort of attacked by just the regular zombies. I uh, maybe some of the rejects are in there, too. It's, mm-hmm. it's The end of this movie is real chaotic. chaotic. A lot of stuff's happening really fast. Yeah. Then, for no particular reason that I can see, right. the dome, like the crypt that they're in, like it's got a dome ceiling and it just collapses. I'm going to assume it's because uh, Wes has been messing with the structural integrity <laughs> of sealing and unsealing that that wall yeah. multiple times. Sure, but we'll it, go with that. So it collapses pretty much directly on West. Right. Um, and, and, of course, Hill as well. Yeah, so Hill's kind of stuck and just kind of flapping around. 
So Kane and Francesca have managed to get further out, but everything, everybody else kind of trapped. You've got the creation parts you can just see kind of around, and the heart is still beating. Oh, yeah. The, uh, we forgot to mention the bride went into full rejection. Her body literally started rejecting itself. Oh, yeah. It just, like, fell apart. Like, apart. it just kind of di- disintegrated almost. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, we get, like, Kane and Francesca, they escaped. They managed to, like, crawl up through the dirt. And, it, like, it's sort of a nice recreation of a zombie movie-type moment. Like, you see Kane's hand pull up right, through the dirt. Uh, and so I'm they, not going to lie. That's a nightmare of mine. <laughs> Just yeah. Having to dig yourself out of your own grave effectively. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. But, bad yeah, news. Yeah. So they're, they're out. They're safe. And then you've got, like, the heart beating, and that's kind of what it ends on. It just kind of stops. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a great, like... Uh, you get like the two sort of innocents say like escaped at the end in a kind of a universal movie callback to yeah this movie is a lot more chaotic than the previous one i would say the story structure is a little looser yeah yeah but it, it does Cut still kind of co- come together really well right. uh, and i actually so as far as the loose structure goes i found out that apparently they had some ideas they'd been kind of kicking around that they were gonna do a sequel to reanimator and the original idea was gonna be that kane and meg like meg survived and they're they're living together and they're like hiding out and then the men in black show up (laughs) at their house and kidnap dan and he wakes up in the basement of the white house where herbert west is trying to reanimate Ronald Reagan because <laughs> Reagan had been shot you know at, yeah. around that time so the story was going to be that Reagan actually died when he got shot and that they hi- oh, they man. brought in West and Kane to reanimate him why didn't we get him. that movie <laughs> uh, but I feel yeah, deprived yeah it w- that would have been so just so bananas right. uh, but then apparently like they had trouble with money and then suddenly they got the money really fast and they just <laughs> had to make the movie it was like if, if we don't start shooting within, like, I think they had a window of, like, a month. So right. they just, like, scrambled to put together whatever script they could with whatever actors were available. Yeah. And, and this is what we got. So, Listen, I mean, f- considering that, like, th- it's insane yeah. how good this movie turned out. Right. Yeah, I mean, listen, I would I would feel bad if we had a world deprived of, of Hillbat. Yeah. You know? Or Bat Hill. <laughs> is that more accurate? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, both of them sound great. They definitely should have went with the second idea or the first idea. I mean, and apparently, like the only reason Hill was in this at all was that they, as they started writing, the actor just called them and was like, "You got a part for me in this?" And they were like, "I mean, you seemed pretty dead at the end of the last one, right?" And he was like, "Well, but come on, you know, it's Reanimator." Right. And they were like, "Well, if you're, I mean, if you're that gung ho, we'll figure something out." You're and, in, yeah, and like, yeah, if if we had not gotten the flappy bat from this, it would have been yeah. such a letdown. By the way, I believe that's David Gale who played Hill. I don't know if we mentioned that, but and he, uh, he's a great villain. He's so good. And mm-hmm. like he's he's one of those like actors that like I feel like he could be doing like really serious roles and consider himself above this, but like yeah. clearly he is game. Like he does the he's probably the weirdest person in all these movies. Like what he has to do and I mean right. he's just on board for like you know, sitting underneath a table with his head sticking out of a hole for hours on end. And right. Having, having fake blood just <laughs> dripping down his neck and shoulders, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he definitely deserves, deserves a lot of credit for, for what he did in this. You know, I'm curious. I, I'm, I feel like, wasn't he in the Giver? 
Let me see, let me double check real quick. And that's Brian Usna too, right? So yeah, that would make sense. Oh, yep, he was the uh, the main villain of the Giver. He was the Zonoid Lord. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's awesome. That's why I love David Gale. He's great. He's just in the wildest wildest stuff. Yeah, and and yeah, Brian Usna, like Brian Usna yeah. and Gore and Stuart Gordon, they kind of like they had a good friendship. And like you know, even though Gordon's not on this movie, I, I it wasn't like a a bad blood thing. I think they both just kind of like continued on in different trajectories. And you know, obviously they're sharing a lot of the same sort of stock cast with Jeffrey Combs and everything. I, I feel like Stuart Gordon definitely like gave his blessing for this, and I'm so glad that he did because having this trilogy is just fantastic. Ah, uh, speaking of trilogy, I mean, I guess that means. <laughs> We're doing Beyond Reanimator. Yep. Next week, Beyond Reanimator. Oh. Concluding the the original trilogy, and then we'll we'll discuss what we're getting to from there. But like, yes, mm. the uh the Gordon slash Usna Reanimator verse has to has to come to a conclusion with Beyond Reanimator. Oh, that's fair, I guess. But but this is Reanimator Month. I feel like we should do more, but I understand. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so check us out on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, anywhere at the Frankencast. Just holler at us. Let us know what you think. If you enjoyed the show, if you didn't enjoy the show, just interact with us in any way. Basically, that tells the big, like Frankenstein monster in in the interwebs that we are worth your your time and other people. Yes, exactly. Uh, and yeah, we've been getting a lot of you know we've been chatting with a lot of folks on Twitter, and it's it's yeah. been a lot of fun. It's been a wild ride. Anything else we got? I think that covers it. Well, in that case, to be continued. Uh... Looks like you survived another episode. The Freaking Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Freaking Cast or send us a letter at thefreakingcast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. Thanks for listening. <laughs>